0: I have climbed highest mountain, I have run through the field, only to be with you, only to be with you, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. for a treat today we're joined by dr christopher west to talk about the music and the message and the legacy of you yeah. two like, welcome to pop culture catechism time, conversations do. about music movies and the longings of the human heart time, let's get started time, let's have you found what you're looking for That's the sort of question that when you hear it, you're kind of not sure what it means, but in another way, you know exactly what it means. Have you found what it is that you're looking for? When I think about that question for myself, in some ways I'm like, yeah. In other ways I'm like, if I'm honest, no, I haven't. That's the sort of questions, and those are the sort of lyrics that the rock band from Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, started in 1976, U2, that became the biggest band in the world. That's the sort of lyrics that they write, and they've touched millions of people all over the world. And that's what we're going to get into today. And to help us with this journey, we're joined by one of the, what I consider to be the the great evangelists of our time, someone who is is just a great communicator in speaking the message of Christ and a message of love and mercy to a world that so desperately needs it, Dr. Christopher West. And when I was telling some of my friends that over the last month, since we scheduled this interview, that uh, oh, I'm interviewing Christopher West. I'm excited about this. I I cannot count on two hands like more more people than I can remember were like oh, like his his uh, like book saved our marriage or oh he's the reason I'm Catholic or he's the reason I'm still Catholic. I had so many people share stories like that. So if you don't know who Christopher West is, uh, stick around. You're, I guarantee you're going to want to stick around for this. Let me tell you a little bit about what we're doing here at Awaken Catholic. This is the AwakenCatholic.org. We are a Catholic nonprofit media company. We are trying to spread the love of God to as far and wide as we can. And uh, you can join us in this mission by becoming part of the Awaken Nation by going to AwakenCatholic.org donate and becoming a monthly donor. And that helps everything that happens here, helps feed our children, helps keep the lights on, helps keep the cameras running. All of that is only possible through the Awakened Nation. And as part of this episode, we have a special perk for, we have a lot of exclusive things for Awaken Nation members, talks by me and other show hosts. But for this episode specifically, I recorded a concert yesterday of me playing my favorite U2 songs. So, uh, and that's... It's only exclusive for Awaken Nation members. So if you're not part of the Awaken Nation, this is a great time to get on board. You can also uh, join us and talk to us as part of the Awaken app. If you go to the App Store, you can download the Awaken app, uh, the App Store on, on Apple or the Google Play Store, or just go to theawakenapp.io, and it's a great community of like-minded Catholics who are just, we're just trying to make, make it through our lives and, and, and grow and take encouragement from each other, and we really try to avoid a lot of the toxicity that you find in other places on social media, and you can talk with the show host, talk more about what we talk about on the show, suggest ideas to us, um, highly recommend. get the awaken app and there's some exclusive stuff on there that you can't get any other way and it's just a hub where you get all of our shows and everything last thing i want to tell you about and then we'll dive into our conversation i want to tell you about the halo app and if you're like me and you sometimes struggle to work daily prayer into your life the halo app is a must have there's so many people i've talked to that are just like oh have a lap like i totally have a prayer life again like i thought my life was too busy to have a prayer life but you can do it with the rosary that's what my wife likes to do i like to use the daily examine uh the bible in a year podcast with father mike schmitz which is one of the biggest podcasts in the the world right now is on there you can get uh, the guy that plays jesus on the on the chosen mini series he does a little meditation get the voice of jesus uh, um you to sleep at night there's so many cool things on there and you can get a month of the free a free month of the premium version uh, through our site by going to hallow.app/awaken. And if you sign up for that free month trial through our site, then not only do you get the free month, but it helps us out a little bit too. And welcome to. Dr. Christopher West, Christopher, thank you so much for joining us hey, this Mike. morning. Hey, Mike,
1: great to be with you and your mm-hmm. and your listeners.
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, you you do so much. Um, we you you've you've written a bunch of books, best selling books. We have one here called Fill These Hearts, which is on a lot of the topics that we're going to be talking about yep. today. And um, if you go to our our Instagram, we're, we're going to be doing a, a giveaway for this book. So uh, follow Awaken Catholic on Instagram, and we'll we'll tag Christopher and and all that stuff as well. But you do um, media evangelization. You do live events. You teach at seminary. Um, you do so much, uh, and you have been for 25 years. Um, yeah. Tell, tell us, why, why do you do what you do? I have the best job in the world, Mike.
1: I get to tell hungry people that there's a banquet that corresponds to the hunger. Oh. That, that's a good gig. Yeah. Um, and to go along with that image of hunger and banquet, I, I was raised in the Catholic church in the 70s and 80s on what you might call the starvation diet gospel. Mm. <laughs> the the basic message in the air was, your desires are bad, you need to repress all that, but follow all these rules and you'll be a good upstanding Christian citizen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty darn hungry. Yeah, And when the hunger really kicked in in my teenage years, uh, I became a quick convert to what I call the fast food gospel. Mm. And by that I mean... The secular culture's promise of immediate gratification for our desires, yeah. our hunger. Uh, and if the only two choices are starvation on the one hand or fast food on the other, I'm going for the chicken nuggets. Yeah, I'm hungry. Exactly. So that's what I did. And don't lie to me, the chicken nuggets taste really good going down, especially when you're really hungry. Mm-hmm. But if that becomes your steady diet, Uh, the grease and the sodium from all that fast food is going to catch up to you eventually. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me in my college years here. We're in the late eighties now, 1988. And I'm sick inside. Like I'm, I'm really hurting inside. And it, it put me on my knees in a college dorm. And, and I said, God, if you exist, you better show me. And you better show me why you gave me all these desires because they're getting me and everybody I know into a hell of a lot of trouble. Uh, what is your plan? Do you have a plan? And long story short, Jesus says, seek and you'll find. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. What I eventually discovered was the teaching of this crazy Polish guy, John Paul II, called the theology of the body. Yes, And he was the first one to tell me that that desire I felt inside since I was a little kid, uh, it had a name. He called it Eros, E-R-O-S. And he told me it was good. And he told me, God put it there to lead me to him. And Christianity is not a starvation diet, I discovered through John Paul II. It's an invitation to a wedding feast. And this changed my life, rocked my world. And I remember reading this Theology of the Body for the first time. I'm now in my early 20s. This was the early 90s. And I, I felt like I had discovered something as big as the cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. And I knew then I was going to spend the rest of my life studying this theology of the body and sharing it with the world. And God's opened the doors for me to do that with my life. So that's what I've been doing
0: the last 25 plus years. That's incredible. And I associate so much with that story. And I know so many of our listeners do as well. And um, what I found when I when I went to college, I went to Catholic University in, in Washington D.C. and I got there, and a, a lot of the upperclassmen were talking about this guy, Christopher West, and there were there were there were groups that would meet and and listen to your tapes and listen to your to your videos. I remember coming in, my roommate one time was watching one of your videos, and um, you're holding the crucifix and talking about the the crucifixion, being naked without shame, and that you you for me put John Paul II's language. I was an English major, I wasn't reading theology, but you put it in a language that I could understand. And, and digest and i know that's been so many people's stories so so thank you thank you for your yes thank you for being willing to be desperate and to and when you were hungry you weren't satisfied with with the fast food so yeah I'm, I'm
1: just one hungry guy showing other hungry people where to find good food exactly that's, that's what i do
0: amen amen
1: interestingly enough mike the first time i ever gave a talk on the theology of the body was at catholic university in 1994 that's awesome the woman who invited me, uh, I married a year and a half later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Wendy. And you have a you have a podcast with your wife, Wendy, called Ask Christopher West, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. And my wife is the star of the show. We need to change the name of that
0: podcast. <laughs> Ask Wendy. Yeah. So if 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 you're interested in more of what uh Christopher has to say and you, you like today's episode, check out his podcast. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Well let's let's talk about you too, because um, talk about hungry people. They're absolutely hungry people. Uh, what I like to do is a lot of times I I like to talk just kind of artistically at first, and then we'll, we'll get into some of the themes. So what, what do you love artistically about you 2 as a band? I know you've, you've used their music at your live events. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I, I would say, Mike, that they sing, they play, they, their, their whole artistic approach is to give voice and sound to the ache
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and by that, I mean this, this cry of the heart for something. I was first introduced to the music of U2 through MTV in the early 80s. And there was something instantly in their sound, in, in the, especially the way Bono sang. The cry of his heart was so naked and yeah. vulnerable and i didn't know what was drawing me in mm-hmm. but something was drawing me into their craft into their 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 art their music what they try to do and years later gosh this would be like early 2000s i was reading an interview of bono and and he was saying how his goal as a musician is to give voice to, he even used the word, to, to Eros, Wow, to the cry of the heart. And, but he said, he said, for me, when I sing about erotic themes, it's not, it's not what you may think. He says, for me, there's a moment in the music where it segues, where Eros, he used this very language, where Eros segues from the things of this world to the things of another world. Wow! Yeah, he says. He says ultimately, eros is a desire for transcendence. It's a desire for bigger things than this world has to offer. Amazing. It's a desire for God, and that's what we're trying to do in our music. And I was like, Oh my gosh! This is what has drawn me in to their their craft, into their art, into what they do for. Well, since the early '80s, how yeah. long is that? That's like 40 years ago. Uh-huh.
0: That's that's incredible. I've been following
1: these guys for almost 40 years uh-huh. and I cannot make sense of my life. I know it may sound like an exaggeration to some, but I'm not exaggerating here. I cannot make sense of my life without their music. Their wow. music has been such a gift to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Me, me as well. And I, I, my older brothers were into YouTube. My, my brother, Brian, one of his first concerts was he went to see uh, the Octung Baby Tour, or I oh, guess it was the Zoo sweet. TV Tour uh, in yep. at RFK Stadium in Washington, DC. And he came home with the t-shirt and we, we bought all the albums and Zeropa came out like a year later and we were all excited about that. And so like, I, I grew up just listening to this stuff. I I remember my, I would, when I'd get scared at night because I was a little kid, I'd go sleep in my brother's room and he would listen to Mothers that Disappeared as we fell asleep. That was like his going oh. to sleep. Wow. Song, so like my early some of my earliest memories of music are are listening to you too, and then as I began to become a musician and get into the guitar, like the edge has been such a such an influence on me, and uh, just, just the the way he uses effects with the delay, the yeah. So I wanted to demonstrate just a little bit and I, I won't indulge myself too much, but um, a lot of people don't know how he gets that that echoey soundscape. Um, so it's it's an effect called delay and he uses it in like such an innovative way. So if you're playing something like uh, Pride in the Name of Love, it starts out with... with and then... But he adds that delay and it's... And it's uh, and all of a sudden you get. And now it's kind of that echo. And it, all of a sudden it sounds awesome. And that's in so many other songs. like. And it just adds like this ethereal anthemic sort of thing. Like, you know, streets have no name. Yeah, ah. yeah, just all, all of it. Uh, it's in, it's, it's just such a, a hallmark of his, and just the way he uses effects is so um, creative, and yeah. So, so the, their lyric writing, um, especially the guitars and the. Yeah, just is so much so much about songcraft that I learned as a songwriter when I was playing in bands and and even now that I that I'm I'm a worship leader and I'm leading people in prayer there are lessons that I've learned from you too for how to, how to draw people in because a lot of their stuff is really Absolutely. simple but it's so dynamic that it moves people it doesn't have to be super fancy but it's powerful and it and like you said it drew you in without you even realizing why. And so when I'm when I'm playing at mass, when I'm playing at adoration, when I'm playing at a youth conference or something like that, I like, I'm, I'm trying to be the edge where I draw people in without drawing attention to myself. I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> yep, to point yep. to God, but I'm trying to create this, this soundscape. And, um, you know, I, I, I play a lot of my, my worship gigs is just me and an electric guitar. And I think nice. some people kind of raise their, raise their eyebrows at me. Sometimes I'll like walk into a church with an electric guitar. Sometimes it's like, just it'll be fine. I promise. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to be playing Led Zeppelin, you know? And at the end, people are like, oh, that was really nice, you know? Because I, I use, I almost make it sound like an organ in some ways, you know? I use a lot of those kind of atmospheric things. So that's what I Mike, love about it. So,
1: are you familiar with the Elevation tour on video from Slain Castle, 2001? I've
0: watched some of the videos on YouTube. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So the, the quintessential U2 moment happens in that concert. Uh, when, whenever the band goes into where the streets have no name mm-hmm. live, yeah. it's like the it's the climax of a YouTube concert.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at this at this concert, two thousand one, Slane Castle, Ireland, Bono is teaching eighty thousand people how to pray. Wow, and we witness, we witness the moment that I was just talking about earlier that Bono describes as the segue from from erotic longing going from this dimension to another dimension. And it happens. We see the moment the segue happens. First of all, Bono is singing this beautiful love song to his wife called All I Want Is You. I'm yes. sure you're familiar with that one. Uh-huh. I sang
0: it at our, and, our exclusive Awaken Nation concert yesterday. So yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, there sweet, yeah.
1: sweet. So he's singing over, over 80,000 fans. You know, imagine Bono, he's the biggest rock star in the world and and he's never gone for groupies he's been mm-hmm. faithful to his wife yeah and one time he was trying to describe this to this interviewer who just could not understand for the life of him how is it that you are the biggest rock star in the world and you've been faithful to your wife for for 30 years and and he says he says let me try to explain something to you when again when i sing about erotic themes First, I'm, I'm singing a song of fidelity to my wife, but it becomes something bigger. It opens up into this bigger world. And we see this happen right in this concert. He's singing in the alley, all I want is you," And then the organ comes in. Wah, 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 into where the streets have no name. And Bono's desire just launches up into the heavens. It becomes this wailing, groaning prayer, this cry of his heart that just, I think that like the sky splits open almost. And he's, he's there on the stage in front of 80,000 people, just utterly naked opening up this cry. And, and I learned after I saw the concert, which just moved me to tears, like it stirred something so deep in my heart. He was giving voice to my own cry.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I learned a couple days later, reading some interviews that two days before they filmed that concert he had buried his father
0: oh my gosh
1: and this was his this was his agonizing mourning, prayerful cry of just giving his father over to the lord Mm -hmm. uh and it's it's i i I use this clip in my courses and in Mm -hmm. my live presentations and i i tell my audience and they're all, I mean, you cannot not be moved yeah. by this man's naked vulnerability. And, and afterwards I say, do you know what Bono just did? He was teaching 80,000 people how to pray because the fathers of the church tell us, and this is a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, the fathers of the church tell us that prayer is nothing but becoming a longing for God. Wow. Wow. And that, Mike, that has been in my life the gift of U2's music. It Mm -hmm. has given voice so many times in my life. I can't even count them. Mm -hmm. How many times U2's music has given voice to my own cry of my heart for God. Yes. My longing for God. That's Amen.
0: prayer. Yeah, and like because in in, in the garden, what's the first thing that Adam and Eve do after they sin is they hide their nakedness. They're hiding from God. They're hiding their vulnerability and that's a block to intimacy. And yep. Yep. what Bono does is he's like I'm I'm going to hang my problems out here. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be vulnerable and I think that's a lesson for for every Christian is is, is learning to be vulnerable with God and let him hear that cry. Even if sometimes it's a, it's a cry of doubt. If it's a cry of anger, if it's a cry of frustration, um, you know, and they even have some of the Psalms as their songs is <laughs> it, yep. written through in these laments, these cries to God. And um, like that is that is such a, a beautiful moment. I love that. Well, we're, we're getting into the themes and they're all themes I want to talk about. I want to talk about that longing. I want to talk about romance and, and erotic love. And I want to I want to talk about father son relationships uh, specifically. Let's let's put the the picture of you two up that I got Um so again, one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Here they are back in 1976, looking looking very 1976. And then uh, the jo- Joshua Tree, which uh, many people uh, kind of see as the golden years, the golden age yep, of U2. Yep. And then more recently, here they are, They're still making music, still making music. Uh, but I want to start with, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. They're, they have so many songs about this ache, this longing for something more. But I, th- I think I still haven't found what I'm looking for is kind of the quintessential song. in. You know, it's it's interesting. He uses specifically Christian language. I believe in the kingdom yep. come. I believe all the yep. colors will bleed into one. But I'm still running, even though you carried the cross of my shame. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I'm I'm curious what what you, what you think about this because as Christians, I, I like if we found Jesus, what more is there? Do you have thoughts on this song?
1: Absolutely. Do I have thoughts on this song? <laughs> I figured I, you would. I write a whole chapter about this song in that book sitting right next Mm -hmm. to you. And, and I say, uh, you know, in the eighties, I was following the band in the eighties and, you know, Christians at the time were like, uh, you know, they quote the Bible a lot. They, there's sort of some kind of Christian thing going on with these guys, but they're also these huge rock stars and they drop F bombs and they smoke and they drink. They don't really fit in with the, the churchy crowd. And, People in the late 80s, mid 80s were like, are they real Christians? Are they not real Christians? And then this song comes out, uh, 1987, and the kind of true believer crowd were like, Bono's not a real Christian because if you found Jesus, then you found what you're looking for. Exactly. And he says, I, I believe in the kingdom come, all the colors will bleed into one, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So he's not a real believer. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't, I, I mean, okay, I, I've actually met Bono. Nice, and we had a very, very interesting, very intense exchange about the scriptures, about uh, faith, and I, I don't agree with all of Bono's theology. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. agree with all of Bono's politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with a lot of things about Bono, but you you can't when you get to know who this guy is, you can't question that he really believes Jesus is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. He really does. Um, but what is this, what is this lyric? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's not a, it's not a, a statement of doubt. It's a statement of, I'm not in heaven yet.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and Christianity does not give us ready-made answers for all of life's problems. Mm-hmm. This idea that you give your life to Jesus and then your life is a bowl of cherries yeah. is pardon me, but it, that's BS. Yeah. That's, that's not reality. And Bono himself says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, is a gospel song for a restless spirit. Amen. And right here, Bono is smack dab in good company with people like St. Augustine, right? Mm -hmm. Who summarizes the whole of Christian anthropology. Uh, What's the Christian vision of being human? That's what we mean by Christian anthropology. Uh, Augustine summarizes it when he says... You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until we rest in you. That's what this song is about. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm looking for a world in which everything gets reconciled. Yes. In which every tear is wiped from our eye. Mm. In which all injustices are, are set right. In which every cry of the heart has found its fulfillment. And I look around at the world and what's still going on in my own heart. And I, if I'm honest, I have to say, I still haven't found what I'm looking for.
0: Me too. Me too.
1: If we're looking for heaven, if we're looking for perfect fulfillment, we still haven't found what we're looking for. Amen. What Christianity has to offer the world is not ready-made answers to all of life's problems what Christianity has to offer the world is the hope Mm. that there is a banquet that Mm. corresponds to the hunger, that there is a justice that corresponds to the injustice. Uh, And this is what Bono is singing about. We're not there yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And And in the
1: final analysis, it's not a song about doubt. It's a song about continuing the search.
0: Yes. Yes. And if
1: you are continuing the search then you're someone of faith, because yeah. if you if you really had given up faith, you would not continue the search.
0: Amen, amen. I love what you said. It's like faith is not a bowl of cherries where you think you're going to fix everything. I would take uh, kids on retreat all the time, and they they're on this retreat high, and I, I would and we would hit at the uh, hard at the end of the retreat. It was like, look, the 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 happy feelings are not Jesus, right? Like the happy feelings are great, and it's a great gift of consolation or yep. whatever. But yep. but there, you know, when, when the apostles are are talking with Jesus and they ask him like, you know, what will we get for, for having followed you? You know, we've given up everything and followed you. And Jesus does say, you know, there's no one who has given up lands or fathers and mothers who will not receive many times more with persecutions. And he like throws that in there and he says, if you would follow me, you must take up your cross and embrace it. It's, it's, uh, the life of a Christian in, includes suffering, but you're right, our suffering, it now has hope. God makes sense of the senseless. He takes these unfair, unjust, awful things that happen to us, and he, as it says in in Romans 8, God makes all things work for the good of those who love him according to his purpose. God can take something that has no purpose and no sense, and he can work it for his good, and we see no greater example of that than the cross. He took the worst thing that ever happened, the torture and death of an innocent man, of God incarnate, and he saved the world with that. God took it and worked such a greater good out of it. Um, but while we're still here, you're right, we're not home yet. there's still something we're longing for. and the response of the Christian to that is, yes, I'm still running, I'm still running after you guys. Um, so uh, if if you are someone listening right now and you still haven't found what you're looking for, keep running, <laughs> stay keep stay hungry. Going. yes, yes, keep yes.
1: going, keep mm-hmm. going. And I'm I'm thinking of uh, when when they play um, uh, what's the song uh, Running to Stand Still. Yes. Uh-huh. When they do that live, sometimes Bono adds a lyric at the end where he says, "I'm still running, I'm still running, I'm mm-hmm. still running." And that's and here I'm thinking of Bruce Springsteen, uh-huh. "We're Born to Run." Right? Yeah.
0: We did an episode and on o- him too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the opening verse of the Song of Songs this beautiful erotic love poetry right in the middle of the Bible Mm -hmm. is come away with me. Let us run. We're going somewhere. We are pilgrim people. Yes. And we have not yet arrived at our destiny. And along the way of the journey, we will, well, Jesus himself says, and and this just came up at the, in the cycle of readings at the beginning of Lent. And it really struck me. Listen to this. (laughs) Jesus says, I must go to Jerusalem. I will be rejected. I will suffer greatly. They will kill me. And then he says, then he says, follow me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and the disciples, disciples, every time Jesus talks that way, the disciples are like, no. And, and like Jesus has to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Like it's the voice of Satan that tells you that you shouldn't have to suffer. God is unfair. And you know, it's that's the idea that faith is a bullet of cherry is like that's 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 a lie. Um, yeah, it's not the truth. I have I have this quote here uh, as I was reflecting on. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, and just this desire of the human heart. I came across this from the Catechism of the, yep. the Catholic Church, number twenty-seven. The desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God, and God never ceases to draw man to Himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness. He never stops searching for
1: one of my favorite quotes from the catechism right there amazing amazing and it's worth pointing out Mm -hmm. that that is chapter one of part one yes and the very first statement of chapter one of part one of the catechism yes that's where the catechism begins yes Mm -hmm. with our longing with the ache we all experience this ache what do we do with the ache exactly right Christianity is the promise
0: uh-huh.
1: that there is a banquet that corresponds to the hunger. And uh-huh. God in his graciousness, he does, although we don't get the full participation in this life, God in his graciousness gives us many, many foretastes, yes, many foreshadowings of the glory that awaits us on the other side uh-huh. in this life. And, and I would say some of the greatest little tastes of heaven— in my life, and I'm not exaggerating, have come through the music of you too. Mm-hmm. It's not an exaggeration for me.
0: That, me neither, me neither. I, well, I think when we see beauty, beauty is a is a foretaste of heaven. And I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes there can be an, another kind of twisting of the gospel that's like, oh, well, you know, give up on this life because we'll be happy in the next life. But it's like, no, Jesus says the kingdom has come to earth. So I think there's there's a danger in emphasizing too much that, you know, the, the change in the here and now, but there's too, a danger also in like waiting too much for later on. Like it's, yeah. we're supposed to already be trying to live heavenly lives in the kingdom. Um, speaking of foretastes, I want to talk about Romance and erotic love, and you mentioned "All I Want Is You" before. Yeah. Again, I think this is like the quintessential You Two love songs. They have they have a lot of love songs, but let's let's talk about that foretaste in the context of of romance and erotic love. Um, so, all all I want is you. You want me to go first? You, you you got something on this? Well, you go first. All right. So, um, the, the song talks about you know you say you want diamonds and a ring of gold. Your story to remain untold. There's all the, there's all these things that. Uh, This person he's singing to wants, but he's like, at the end of it, all I want is is you. And there's something, there are a lot of things that we try to satisfy ourselves with. There's a lot of things that we try to fill our our, our souls with, you know, power and control and and, and pleasure and and money and the approval of other people. Um, But there's something in a healthy relationship, a a Christ-centered relationship where, where people are... Are, are, have a servant's heart and they're they're giving of themselves to one another um in in a, in a christ-like way where we really do glimpse that love of god where God yes. God's love speaks to us profoundly and I, and I know like some of my most profound moments of feeling the love of god and experiencing the love of god have come through my wife when i when she gives me mercy when she shows me affection those are reflections of the love of God, the father, when I think about my role as a husband, I think about my role as a father. Um, I, I, when, and when I pray and I I lift up my my family, I try to do that every day as I lift lift up my family before the Lord, I pray the Lord may I may they know your love a little bit better because of, of how I love them and how I, how I live with them. And so I I see this in this song, um, that it does point to something higher. It's not just about, yeah.
1: Awesome. You must, you must promise me, Mike, after we're done this interview, you will go look up All I Want Is You in the in the transition to Where the Streets Have No Name from Elevation 2001, Slain Castle. I will, you will love it. You I'll love do it,
0: it. and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Good, uh-huh. good, good. Very good.
1: Uh, the, the love song I want to point to is uh, a, a Man and a Woman oh, from right. uh, the Atomic Bomb album, uh-huh. 2004. Uh-huh. And there's a lyric in there that comes back to me quite often. He says, I would never take the chance of losing love to find romance
0: Ooh. in the
1: mysterious distance between a man and a woman. And this this lyric kind of just rumbles around in my mind and in my heart quite a bit. Um, 25 years married. I I love my wife more today than yesterday. Mm-hmm. I love you more today than yesterday. Uh, not a U2 song, Uh, but, but there's this, there's this temptation against love because love involves a commitment that takes you to the cross. Yes. Right. And there's, there's this temptation. It is the temptation of our fast food culture that you can have the pleasure you want Without the suffering. Mm. You can have the the joy you want, the happiness you want without the cross. And we have to rebuke that temptation. Yes. And it's a constant temptation, especially when you're feeling the nails going through your hands. Yes. You're feeling the crown of thorns getting pressed in. And if if marriage is indeed the call to love as Christ loves, and that's what scripture says it is. Yes. Then you're going to, there are going to be times in married life where you feel like you're hanging on the cross. Yes. And that's when the temptation comes to come down from the cross. Mm -hmm. And this is where this lyric just comes repeatedly into my mind and my heart. I would never take the chance of losing love to find romance. Mm -hmm. Romance, by this, he means not that romance is in itself bad, but he's using the word. Number one, because it rhymes with chance, <laughs> but he's using the word as as the the call to the pleasure without the, the suffering.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. The, mm-hmm. the in the Christian life, the agony and the ecstasy always go together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's from Satan. If the promise of ecstasy is held out to you without the cross, this is as you said, Mike, this is where Peter Holds out to Jesus. You can have it without the cross. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Yes. And what Bono is saying is the love I know with my wife, they've been married, I think, 35 years now. The love I have with my wife is so much more valuable than what I could get in any quick fix romance. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking any chance mm-hmm. of losing love to find romance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay right here in the mysterious distance between the man and the woman. That's it's, so beautiful. it's a really powerful powerful song.
0: Yeah, and I I I think our our culture equates romance with love and there's they and so when the feelings go away they think oh well do I not love this person do I love this person was it ever really love and I, I know for my students i would i would teach them about like the four loves that cs lewis talks about and from scripture and there's there's eros which is the erotic passionate desire um and and philia the uh the love of of like brotherly love and affection and friendship and and, and storge the love of a family and then the one that perfects them all is agape caritas the love of god yep. self sacrificial love yep. and I hear very much that, and that's in what um, Bono is saying, because any old fool can fall in love, right? Yep. But it takes a person of character, it takes a person of virtue to have self-sacrificial love, and that is what is going to make love last. And and you might know this quote better than I do, but doesn't John Paul II have a quote about like, the real love begins when things get hard? Or uh, Yes, that's yeah.
1: uh, in Love and Responsibility. He talks about uh, when things get difficult, love is put to the test, but love is not afraid of this test.
0: Yes, mm-hmm.
1: this is when love proves itself to be love. Yes, uh, and he says he doesn't use the word romance, mm-hmm. but he's talking mm-hmm. about the same same idea. The emotions, the attractions, those those pleasurable feelings we get. He says these are the raw material of love. Yes. And we need to take that raw material and build it into love. Yes. And he says there's a danger of confusing the raw material of love with love itself. Yeah. And when we do that, when we think the feelings themselves are love itself, the danger is we will end up with the exact opposite of love. Because we end up using the person to try to get those feelings.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And and he says that the opposite of love is not so much hatred. The opposite of love is to use another person as a means to my own selfish
0: end. Preach. Yes. When yes. I
1: when I discovered that again, this is the early 90s. I was reading Love and Responsibility for the first time. It was such a mirror. On my life and it explained to me why I was in so much pain yes. from having gone the fast food direction in my life because I had been trained by the culture to to use other people for my own self-gratification. Yes. And it caused me – there was pleasure. There was immediate pleasure yes. in doing that. Uh, but I ended up treating people as things. yes as means to my pleasure. Yeah. And on the other side of that, it caused me and the other people a lot, a lot of heartache, a lot of sorrow. We know it when we are being used, yes, Mm -hmm. we know it is a violation of our of our dignity.
0: Yeah. And and the 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 insidious part is that, you know, Eros is that raw material. And it can be used for the foundation of a great relationship if it's ordered by the the love of God, the agape, the caritas, the, the virtuous self-sacrificial love, but it can also be used as the raw material for lust and using people. Right. And uh, my students would find this so helpful when we talk through this. And one of my, my proudest teaching moments was after we, we had talked about the, the four loves, and I, I said, you know, just because you're in love with someone, doesn't mean it's real love. That that could be lust if the person's using you. And after that weekend, one of my uh, students came up to me. Is like, Mister Tenney, I broke up with my boyfriend because I realized that it wasn't real love. It was just lust. All the feelings were there, but it was just wow. lust. And she's like, and I said to him, you know, if you really loved me, you wouldn't use me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Paul the Second says, "There's,
1: there's." We need to be honest with ourselves. And he says, if we are, we will discover that oftentimes what we call love amounts to little more than two people using each other yeah. for their own selfish pleasure. My gosh. And and that's that was one of the, the the turning points in my life was realizing the opposite of love is not so much hatred. The opposite of love is to use. Another And and here, I like what you were saying about erotic desire needing to be integrated with agape or agape, right? And here's my image. I, I learned from John Paul II, he says, and then I'll put an image to it. He says, Christ wants us to experience the fullness of eros. Just take that in for a minute. Fullness. Christ wants us to experience the fullness of eros, which implies, John Paul II says, the upward impulse of the human spirit towards all that is true, good, and beautiful, so that what is erotic becomes true, good, and beautiful. Here's my image. I like to say God gave us, to quote from Bono, God gave us desire. Yes, <laughs> right? he gave us these passions. He gave us erotic longing to be like the fuel of a rocket that has the power to launch us to the stars. Yes, to the infinite, to infinity and beyond. Right, <laughs> but but here's the tragedy. There's an enemy who doesn't want us to reach the stars. And he knows darn well that erotic desire is the fuel that can launch us there. Yes. So his goal, the enemy's goal, is to invert our rocket engines, Mm -hmm. to aim them back upon ourselves. And in as much as our rocket engines are inverted, this is why we, we go out into the world, we're looking for love, we're looking for happiness, we're looking for fun, we're looking for joy. But it backfires on us. Yes. And we end up in such a a painful mess and having caused a painful mess in everybody else's life as well. Here's the good news I learned from John Paul II. Christ came into the world not to condemn those with inverted rocket engines. He came into the world to redirect our rocket engines to the stars. Yes.
0: Yes. That's conversion. Yes. Yes.
1: And, And Bono's music... Bono, Larry, Adam, and The Edge, their music has been a force in my life that has helped me redirect my rocket engines to Mm -hmm. the stars. Me too. too. When Bono is out in front of 80,000 people, as I was describing earlier, and he's opening up his heart so nakedly and vulnerably and letting this ragged cry come out to the Lord, that's redirecting the rocket engines to the stars.
0: Have you ever read uh, C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters? I,
1: I have not read the whole thing, but so, I've read big portions. So there's of them, there's there's, there's
0: a part in that where he talks about this exact thing. So if you're not familiar with the the concept of that book, it's basically imagining a a devil trying to tempt a human. And it's like a, a, um, an experienced devil uh, trying to teach and give advice to a novice devil on how to, how to tempt men's hearts and how to, how to drag them into hell. And when they talk about using pleasure and they talk about using desire, um, he says our purpose here in First of all, he says, you got to be careful because pleasure and desire are actually from God and point back to God. But he says, we, the reason we tempt humans with pleasure is ultimately so that they no longer enjoy it but they can't help themselves anymore they become enslaved oh. to it and that is so much my experience and i i think a lot of times people have this misconception that like lust is too much desire and then like christianity wants you to just 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 temper it down and yes there's amount of a certain amount of temperance and moderation and in balance and um you know restrict, restricting and, and controlling ourselves but ultimately indulging our desires does not grow our desires like the the higher highs and the the greater passion and the greater arrows comes on the side of going to the author of that arrows it comes on the side of when we redirect our rocket engines it's gonna take us higher it's gonna take us faster than if our rocket engines are pointed towards the ground so let me give
1: you an image of this yes my daughter beth uh she's 17 and she she painted this. Oh my Let's God. see if we can get it. Yeah, it's the. She calls it the three choices with arrows. Oh my gosh, this guy right, right here. Uh-huh. Uh, I got the reverse on my <laughs> computer. This guy right here is repressing his desire. Mm-hmm. Right, he's just holding it in. This is not our faith. This is not what we're called to. This guy is indulging the desire in a disordered way. Yes. right. Uh huh. He's aiming, aiming this desire at at the ground at, at the finite things. Mm-hmm. But this guy, this guy here is learning how to open that desire, open the desire towards the infinite, towards the eternal. Wow. These are our three choices. Uh uh-huh. Right. If, if the only two choices are right here,
0: uh-huh.
1: then of course, this guy's having more fun than this guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But these are not the only two choices. Christianity is not an invitation to this. Christianity is an invitation to this, hey, to learning, to learning how to let our, to learning how to let our desires go wild in God. A disciplined wildness, I call it. I call it a a vertical wildness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If we take that passion and we just go horizontal with it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to end up at a frat party.
0: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: But if you take it vertically, you're going to end up at the heavenly party.
0: Yes. Amen. You're
1: going to end up at the marriage of the lamb. Uh, And there ain't no party like the heavenly party because the heavenly party don't stop. (laughs) Right? This is what we are destined for. We are destined for infinite ecstasy. Yeah. And this is what John Paul II means when he says Christ wants us to experience the fullness of eros. Yeah.
0: Not, not Not the starvation, not the fast food. Not the the repression of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not starvation, not fast food. We're meant to aim it at the banquet.
0: That's, that's incredible. I love it. I love it. And good art,
1: good art can help us do that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, Can so there's kind of an obscure song I want to talk about, but it's sure. I think again I think it's a a good example of something that yep, is yep, found yep. throughout there. I don't know if you know this. Is, this is off a of pop, yes. the Playboy Mansion. Off
1: of pop. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah.
0: Okay. I was hoping I'm you so were familiar you with this, up song. this song. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's very much about like the fast food diet. You know that yep. uh, that and there's so much religious language in here. Yep. A beauty is truth and surgery, the fountain of youth. What have, have I got the gifts to get me through the gates of that mansion? And it's. Uh, you know, we use in, in Christianity, the vision of the heavenly mansion where God has many rooms, but our secular society, like the mansion is like literally having a mansion where you get everything you want. It's kind of this, this twisted American dream where yep. I I just, and we, I would always say to my students that like, we have bigger dreams for you than being upper middle class. Like yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. not, that is not the point of you going here. So you can just get good grades and go to a good college and get a, get a good degree. All that is great. If you are in love with Christ and loving his people. So there like you're we're calling you to a banquet, like something much better than just being upper middle class. And I, I see in here, you know, it's replace our, our society has so much replaced the heavenly mansion with the playboy mansion. Yes. So. You're exe-
1: Mike, you're spot on. That was the Holy Spirit <laughs> moving in you to put this song up right here. This whole song is exactly about the difference between this approach where we're aiming our desires at the things of this world and this approach when we're aiming them at the things of heaven, right? What do we want? Do we want, if we think the fast food is all there is for my hunger, then we'd be crazy not to take our desire there. Put it this way. If the contest ...is between the starvation diet and the fast food approach, who wins? Mm -hmm. The fast food wins hands down.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: But if the contest is between the fast food and the banquet, who wins? The banquet wins. The banquet hands down wins. What does Jesus say? He says, go out into the main streets and invite everybody to starve to death. No, that's not what he says. He says, go out into the main streets and invite everyone to the wedding feast. And this song, the Playboy Mansion by U2, is really an examination of conscience. Yeah, He's saying, where are you taking your desires? Mm-hmm. Are you taking your desires to the Playboy Mansion or to the Heavenly Mansion? What do you really want? And we're, we're back at that question, you know. What do, what, what am I looking for? I still haven't found Uh what I'm looking for. The very first words out of the mouth of Jesus in the gospel of John, they're not follow all these rules or you're going to hell. The very first words out of the mouth of Jesus are, what are you looking for? Wow. What are you looking for? And Bono, a very honest man is saying I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking and I still haven't found it I've yes. climbed the highest mountain I've run through the fields I've done this I've I've I've, I've kissed the woman with honey lips mm-hmm. and it's still it still hasn't gotten me where I'm I'm longing to go there's got to be something more
0: Yes mm-hmm.
1: and there is there, there is, is
0: more. I, I love the end of this song. Um, it's who, you know, that gets you through the gates of the playboy mansion. Then there will be no time of sorrow. Then there will be no time of shame. And from a secular point of view, it's like to get into these famous, powerful places, like you got to know somebody, you got to be on the yep. ends. Yep. And then when, I, when people finally accept you, when I finally get enough money, when I finally get enough fame, then I'll be happy. And those are the idols that we sell to ourselves. And those yep. are the idols that yep. we become enslaved to. And those are the things we convince ourselves and put our hopes and our dreams in. But from a Christian perspective, it's also who you know that gets you through because Woo! if you know the author and the father who loves you abundantly and you know his son Jesus who united himself to in to us in our humanity and lived in, in his suffering and knows everything that we've gone through. If you know him, then there will be no time for sorrow. Then there will be no time for shame. As it says in the book of Revelation, God got to yep. wipe away every tear from their eye. They will hunger no more. They will thir- They won't thirst anymore like that. It's who you know. And yep, it's Jesus. (laughs) What a
1: it's so powerful. The lyrics of this song Mm -hmm. are so insightful. There's there is a again. I'm not trying to canonize Bono here. Yeah, Um, I understand. There's a lot. There's a lot that I disagree with about Mm -hmm. what he thinks and teaches and believes. Yeah, me too. Uh, But you can't write lyrics like this Mm -hmm. without having some real contact with with truth, with, mm-hmm. with, with who we really are as human beings and what we're really made for. Mm-hmm. And, and in this sense, I want to say there's, there's a certain kind of mysticism in lyrics like this that are penetratingly insightful uh, and diagnosing rightly the disease of the culture, but not just wagging fingers and saying how bad it is, but, but trying to untwist it. Yes. And, here, I think there's a very important theological principle that Bono is putting his finger on here. The devil is a plagiarizer. Yes. All he, he he cannot create, all he can do is take what God has created and twist it. Yes. Right? And another way of saying the same thing is this. The devil doesn't have his own clay.
0: Mm.
1: All he can do is take God's clay And God looked at everything he made and said, behold, it is very good, right? The devil takes God's very good clay and twists it up. Yeah. That's what the Playboy Mansion represents.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Right? What's the Playboy Mansion? It it represents the whole pornographic empire of the world, right? What is pornography? Pornography is a hellish mockery of a heavenly reality, right? St. Paul tells us that the union of man and woman in one flesh, he's talking about sexual intercourse. Yes. Right. He's talking about the marital embrace, the most intimate union of man and woman. He says the one flesh union is a great mystery. Mm -hmm. And I like the ring of the Greek here. He calls it a mega mystery. (laughs) Our sexuality Our being male and female, the call of the two to that intimate union, is a mega mystery. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and it refers to Christ and the church. Time out, time out. What? How does our sexuality, how does a man leaving his father and mother and joining with his wife and the two becoming one flesh, how does that refer to Christ and the church? Well, Christ left his father in heaven. Yeah. He left the home of his mother on earth to give up his body for his bride, the church, so that we, the bride, might become one flesh with him. Where do we become one flesh with Jesus Christ? The Eucharist. woo (laughs) Yes. John Paul II says the Eucharist is the sacrament of the bridegroom And of the bride.
0: Mm.
1: Let's put this in context. At the source and summit of everything we believe as Catholics is the consummation of a marriage. Yes. The source and summit of everything we believe as Catholics is the consummation of a marriage. If we come to understand what John Paul II means by calling the Eucharist the sacrament of the bridegroom and the bride. We will, the whole of our Catholic faith will start to click. Mm-hmm. The whole, even the most controversial teachings of the church will start to click. Yes. It'll all fall into place. Yes. The, the enemy doesn't have his own clay. Mm-hmm. All he can do, God created us male and female and called the two to that holy communion of man and woman to be a sign, a pointer. To the real Holy Communion for which we are destined, the marriage of Christ and the church. Let me, let me tell a quick story yeah, here, and, and then I'm going to loop this back to the okay. Playboy Mansion yeah. lyrics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I never met my father-in-law. Uh, my, my father-in-law died when my wife was a girl. But I admire him tremendously because of this story. He married my mother-in-law in the mid-60s. It was a Saturday, uh, the day of their wedding. They came together in their marriage bed for the first time as husband and wife that night. The next day, they went to Mass for the first time as a married couple. And after receiving the Eucharist, my father-in-law comes back to the pew in tears. And his new wife says to him, honey, what is it? And through his tears, he said, for the first time in my life. I understood the meaning of those words. This is my body given up for you.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow. There it is. There's the the whole mystery of why we are male and female, what the meaning of the two becoming one flesh is, and how it is a mega mystery that refers to Christ in the church. Yes, yes. The Playboy Mansion symbolizes how the devil has got his hands on this clay, the mega mystery of our sexuality, and (sighs) twisted it up and said, God's not going to satisfy the desires of your heart. What you want is this twisted up version over here. Mm -hmm. Come over here. God's not going to give you anything. God just wants you to starve. Yes. Look at this fast food I got for you over here. Come over here. Mm -hmm. And Jesus comes into the world not to condemn those, who are going to the fast food. Yeah. He comes into the world to say, look, I created you for a banquet. Come all of you who are hungry. Come all of you who are thirsty. Come, come eat from the banquet. Yes, yes, yes. Christianity is not opposed to our desires. And that's what this whole song is about. Don't be fooled by the Playboy Mansion. Mm -hmm. Let, Let Christ untwist all of that twisted imagery of the playboy mansion and where you will discover yourself as Bono says, can you read those lyrics again, Mike? Right yeah, let's the put end? them up
0: there at the end,
1: at the end where he talks about heaven.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There it is. Then there will be no time for sorrow. Then there will be no time for shame. Mm-hmm. The playboy mansion is the counterfeit. Yes. What you're really looking for is the mansion that the Lord has prepared for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I love what, um, a jump all the second says about pornography the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much of a person but that it shows too little of too little. Uh, of a person you know we we talked about this a lot on our very first episode we covered that song "WAP" by cardi b and megan the stallion and we i brought up this idea that i've heard from you that the devil doesn't have his own clay like at the at the core of that song are our two daughters of god with desire with eros and yes. it's presented in a fast food fashion, like, look how great yes. this fast food is. And so much of the commentary I saw out there was just like judgment and shame and hate yes. for these yes. the, these these women. Yes. And so what we tried to do in our episode is yes, cr- we, we had some critiques, like obviously that's not a, a healthy expression of sexuality. Yes. Yes. But Cardi B and Megan the Stallion are onto something. Right? They are on to something. The devil doesn't have his own clay. The clay is good. And the pro and the solution is not throw out the clay. The solution is untwist the clay. Give it back to the potter, as it says in the, yep. in the prophet Jeremiah. He's he's gonna remake our, our, our the potter is gonna remake the Amen. pot. So man, yeah. Mike,
1: if you keep preaching that, you will be crucified. Mm. Because people much prefer it's much easier just to scold and shame and condemn. And say it's all evil, it's all bad, it's all of the devil. Yes. Rather than to do the hard work, and it is hard work, mm-hmm. of letting what has become twisted up in our hearts to become untwisted. Yeah. John Paul II says, when we just blame the good thing itself for our abuse of it, he says we're falling into the trap of an ancient heresy called Manichaeism. Mm-hmm that says spirit good, body bad. And when we fall for mani- that Manichean approach where we just, obviously what that song is about is totally twisted up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what is twisted up? Something that is very good yes. got twisted up. And if we just throw that twisted up thing away, guess what we're throwing away? We're also throwing away the good thing that got twisted
0: up. Exactly. And
1: that's the error of Manichaeism. And John Paul II says, when that is our approach, it is a loophole to avoid the requirements of the gospel. Ooh, that... Because the gospel requires us to untwist what sin has twisted up so we can rediscover the truth. And guess where we are? If you take that song, that horrifically pornographic twisted up song... By Cardi B, if you untwist it, and it's hard work to untwist <laughs> it, but if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through the hard work of untwisting that, guess where we are? We're in the song of songs.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The
1: devil doesn't have his own clay, uh-huh. and don't give him his own clay. Mm-hmm. We must take back what the devil has plagiarized. It does not belong to him. Exactly. Exactly. We don't take it back as is.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: We have to. We have to untwist it. Mm-hmm. And that's the very painful journey of inner purification that we're all invited mm-hmm.
0: on. Well, really, like that's that's why I started this show is because that's that's what I wanted to do. And on on that episode, uh, we had an, an NFP instructor on to talk about the the reality of a, a woman's body and how how it is wonderfully and beautifully made and designed by God and how, how we as, as, as Catholics, like what, what that really symbolizes. It's not just yes. a, a sign of sexual arousal. It's a sign of, yes. of God's fertility fertility and creation and, and how God has made us partners with him in creating new immortal souls. Like, so, yeah.
1: Mike, let's just pause right there for a minute and just ponder the mystery at the center of the universe. It was woman's body. It was woman's fertility mm-hmm. that brought God to planet Earth, that gave God flesh. It was wo- woman's body is the portal between heaven and earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Woman's womb, this is St. Augustine. Yeah. Woman's womb is the place where mm-hmm. the marriage between heaven and earth is consummated. Yes. Woman's womb, he says, is the bridal chamber where the marriage, the ultimate marriage between heaven and earth is consummated. Yes. And this is why the devil's enmity, his hatred, is aimed at the woman. That's why I said pornography is a hellish mockery of a heavenly reality. Yes. And what you guys were doing in that episode— is you were helping other people see the heavenly reality that that song was hellishly mocking. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is a tremendous surface mm-hmm. for the world. Just to condemn, just to shame and scold and say, that's awful, that's ugly. Yeah. Is it awful and ugly? Yes. Mm-hmm. But something beautiful has become twisted. Yeah. We mm-hmm. have to show the world the true beauty. Behind what got twisted up, or we're not really evangelizing. Yes, we're just condemning mm-hmm. people.
0: So, so we're we're I, I love everything we're talking about, and I'm sure you you and I could 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 talk about the faith. We could talk about you too we'll go on for hours all, all day long. So here's here's where I kind of want to wrap it up. Is if sure. there, if there's somebody. Uh, and we'll have lots of resources in the show notes. So if, if if you're hearing what we're talking about and you're like, I need to hear more, um, we're going to put links in the show notes to to Christopher's book, Fill These Hearts, um, and his 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 website and his podcast, and place where you can hear more of what he's talking about and you can you can uh, you know get more of an education in this stuff. But Christopher, if there is someone who is listening today who is 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 burning in their heart and they realize, wow, I have been feasting at the table of fast food or I have been on a starvation diet, like what advice do you have for that person? Are there, are there any practical, actionable steps you would you would say, this, yes. this is where you get started?
1: Yes, prayer. Mm. And what is prayer? Prayer is nothing but becoming a longing for God. Uh, go to prayer right where you are. Lord, I've been squashing my desires in the name of some kind of, hyper pious version of being holy. I've thought my desires are evil. I've thought my body is bad. I've just tried to repress all that to please you. Yes, Lord, forgive me. You made my body. Show me why you made me a man or show me why you made me a woman. Show me why you gave me all these desires and what I'm supposed to do with them. Yes, That would be the prayer of the person who's been repressing, right? Mm -hmm. Here would be the prayer of the person who's been gorging on fast food, you know, the taking the desires in the wrong direction. It's like, Lord, forgive me for aiming my desires for infinite joy at finite pleasure. Teach me how to redirect those desires towards you. I don't even know what that means, Lord, but show me, please show me that you are the one thing I desire. Show me that you've given me all these passions to lead me to you. Right? This is the cry of the heart. We are made for an infinite ecstasy. Yes. And Christianity is for hungry people.
0: Yes. Amen. We
1: have to get in touch with that hunger or the gospel will make no sense to us. Mm -hmm. We will reduce the gospel to a a list of oppressive rules. Yeah. And when we do that, on the one hand, you have people who self-righteously try to follow all those rules, and then they condemn the rest of the world for not doing so. Yeah. And then you have those who are more honest, quite truthfully, who say, I can't follow those rules. And then they think, okay, I can't follow them, so I'm going to give them up. No, no, yeah. no, no. What you're recognizing is your poverty. And that's exactly where we begin our truthful journey with Jesus yes. in recognizing our poverty. Mm-hmm. John Paul II says this, what the gospel holds out to us is beyond our capabilities it is possible only by a gift of God that comes to us and heals us and transforms us and redirects our passions towards the true, the good, and the beautiful.
0: Yes, mm-hmm.
1: that's the journey. Amen. Lord, Amen. come into my passions and redirect them towards everything true, good, and beautiful.
0: Amen. Amen. That's a that's a great place to start. I I, I totally agree with that. Um. If if uh, I'll give I'll give another tip that I I would say is, I think there's that story in the gospel of the the paralyzed man on the stretcher, and they rip his friends rip the roof off, and lower him down to get him to Jesus. And I know in my life I have there has been times when I've needed friends who are willing to rip the roof off and are willing to climb up on the roof and lower me down and bring me to a place where I need to be. And so if you are out there if you are on the starvation diet or the fast food diet. Prayer. Absolutely. That, I mean, we're, we have to open ourselves up to God uh, as a, as a secondary step to that. I would say, let's try to find some stretcher carriers, <laughs> like re- reach out to a church, you know, maybe on the and app, but do, do some work in trying to find some people who can help you, who can, who can be that witness, who are people who are unafraid to, to join you on that journey of redirecting our, our rocket engines. Cause we we're made for each other. We're, we're made for relationship and, you know, Jesus says the greatest commandment, love God above all things and love your neighbor as yourself. There's the relationship with God and the relationship with one another. They are intimately connected. And I, I feel like that's what we're saying. We're saying you, you got to start with that relationship with God. And then also as, as an aid to that, we need the help of one another on that journey. Amen. Even, even Jesus had companions on his journey. So, um Awesome. Very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christopher. If there, uh, can, can you, do you have a favorite U2 album? If you had to point people just to, just to one, Uh, you can say two, you can say two.
1: (laughs) All right. I would say Joshua Tree.
0: Yeah. It's amazing.
1: And, and, uh, uh, Joshua tree and unforgettable fire.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. I would say Joshua tree and octung baby. I also love Rattle and hump. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, um, and actually my, my favorite version of where the streets have no name is from the pop Mart tour because he, he works in that, that part from the playboy mansion. Then there will be no time yes. for sorrow. He he like yes. does this a mashup and it's, it's, it's beautiful. And they have some like techno stuff in there. Cause that's what they were yep. doing at the time. Yep. It's kind of cool. Um, so, um, we'll have more about you in the show notes. We'll, we'll have all these links. And again, we're doing a, a giveaway of Christopher's book, Fill These Hearts, which is kind of like a book version of what we're trying to do on this show. Is, is, it just looks at pop culture and things in pop culture and the longings of the human heart and tries to, tries to untwist it all because we're all twisted up mess inside to some extent. Uh, so we'll be doing a giveaway. Check out the Awakened Catholic Instagram and we'll be, we'll be doing that. We'll, we'll tag Christopher and all that as well. Uh, Christopher, at the end of our shows, I often ask our guests to lead us in- in a time of prayer, and I ask our listeners to to try to take a moment to pause wherever they are, take a breath, close their eyes, and, and just re- really pray with us. Would you lead us in, in prayer? Sure, sure. Awesome.
1: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I thank you for giving us these passions. Sometimes, Lord, we can just get mad and angry that we have these passions because they've gotten us in a lot of trouble. And I am exhibit A there. I know my desires and my passions have gotten me in a lot of trouble. Lord, I trust that you came into this world not to condemn those with disordered passions, but to redeem our passions, to redirect them to you. I want to thank you, Lord, from the bottom of my heart for the way that the gift of the music of these four Irishmen in the band U2, how their music has helped me to redirect my passion towards you. And I want to ask a special grace for all our listeners that they would find art, good art, that could help redirect their passions towards you. I place these intentions in the womb of the Blessed Virgin, the portal between heaven and earth, where all good things are conceived and brought to birth. And we trust, Lord, that you're gonna to bring to completion the work you've begun in us. Teach us how to desire you. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Christopher, thank you so much for this conversation. I, and as I said, so many people that I, that I've talked to have said, "When you talk to him, tell him thank you. He like saved my marriage. He saved my faith." And I know you've had a, you've had a huge impact on on my own journey as well. So just thank you for your yes to the Lord and continuing to do it after all these years. And uh, I, I've loved this conversation with you. So thank you.
1: I have too, Mike. It's been so, a great joy. So
0: so much. Thank you, awaken uh, Catholic viewers and listeners. Um, if you uh, if you if you missed that picture that uh, Christopher showed, that was the beautiful that his daughter made. You'll have to check out the the YouTube if you were listening on podcast and you just got the audio version. So you'll be, be sure to check out our, our video on, on YouTube so you can see that it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, and if you want to support the shows here on Awaken Catholic, uh, please go to awakencatholic.org slash donate, become, make that monthly donation and include us, consider us as part of your, your monthly tithing and, and giving. Um, and you get, Not only do you help out the mission of what we're doing here, but you uh, will also get access to exclusive stuff. And like I said, I did a whole concert yesterday. I recorded it right here in the studio of a lot of my favorite U2 songs, Streets Have No Name, Pride in the Name of Love, uh, Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out of, all my favorite U2 songs, I played them, and that's only exclusive for uh, Awaken Nation members. So there's a little incentive for you uh, if, if you needed that. But thank you so much, and we love you, and we're on the journey with you. We will see you next time.